how you guys doing, man? This is Mookie Thompson, aka Mookie F. Baby, you already know what it is, man. Good looking out, bro. Turning this on, checking out the podcast. It's the first one, man. I'm your host, Mookie Thompson, stand-up comic, New York City, Brooklyn all day. All right, I'm from Long Island, okay? But look, don't hold that against me, man. I'm still a decent person for all things considered. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect, man. I have my I have my problems just like anybody else. I was born dumb. I remain dumb to this day. You know what I'm saying? You can't hold that against me. It's not my fault. I was fed nothing but pizza for the first 20 years of my I didn't know about water. Did you my entire life I never drank a cup of water until I moved out of my parents' house when I was 18 years old. Is that you guys understand what that's like? I would wake up in the morning and I would drink a six pack of fucking Capri Sun to hydrate myself. Anyway, that's besides the point. But look, how are you supposed to succeed coming up in a place like that? You know what you do? You leave. You get the fuck out as soon as humanly possible. But that's what I did, man. I moved to Brooklyn when I was 18 years old, fresh, ripe age. The hipster neighborhood in Brooklyn was like three blocks wide next to Pratt University and then leading up into the Bedford area. I don't know if anybody out there was living in Brooklyn during this time, but this is not the Brooklyn of today. All right. This is it was straight hood still. You know what I'm saying? My first job I ever had in Brooklyn was delivering pizza in the projects in Clinton Hill. Okay, and. My second day ever working there, I was walking through the projects, the courtyard, and I'm hearing people yell at me from across the courtyard. Hey, pizza man, we going to kill your ass. And I'm just literally 18 years old, high-stepping it with a, with a pepperoni pizza through the Brooklyn projects. And this is where everybody wanted to move. I had no idea that all these white people were going to follow me. I was moving there to get away from them, too. This was the, that was not the plan to start a movement. You know, when my friends were like, "We're moving to Brooklyn," I was like, "Dope! It's gonna be, it's gonna be like Biohazard. It's gonna be like Madball, Agnostic Front. It's gonna be the streets." You know what I'm saying? You might not know those references, but the point is, I was I was going in for New York City, and I was all in for that. Big L, Biggie Smalls. I lived three blocks away from where Biggie Smalls grew up at the time. But it all just changed, man. It changed quick. I lived there for 14 years, and it was time to go. So that's how I ended up here in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. Well, I mean, there's a lot more to the story than that, but I don't have time for my whole life story today, just giving you guys a little background. I just moved to L.A., though, man. What a life. I I had no idea what you people were doing out here, but it is pleasant, I got to tell you. I I feel like I had been, like, in hell And someone just figured out that they put me in the wrong category. And they're like, oh, you're not supposed to be. And then they rescued me. And now I'm in the good place. You know what I'm saying? It's beautiful here. It's great. But I don't know, man. It's It's definitely a different lifestyle. It's an adjustment as a New Yorker. One thing I've noticed for sure is L.A. people be following the rules. You know, L.A. people are sticklers for the rules. I can't tell you how many times in just the two weeks that I've been here, I've heard the phrase, you can't do that, sir. (laughs) 
sir, you cannot do that. I can do whatever I want. Like, I come from a place where nobody follows any rules, okay? In New York, you tell somebody, uh, excuse me, please don't piss there. It's too late. <laughs> I pissed everywhere already. I piss where I want. I'm a New Yorker, okay? Well, I was at Chick-fil-A earlier today. I'm not a big fast food guy, by the way, but Chick-fil-A, best chicken sandwich in the world. If you have a problem with their whole hating gaze, put that out of your mind just for an afternoon. Go have the chicken sandwich. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, my point is we were at Chick-fil-A before, and the guy goes, do you want one ketchup packet or two? And I was like, how about three? This guy, I swear to God, he looked over his shoulder like he was going to ask somebody for permission. I just reached in there and grabbed a handful of whatever pack. No, I didn't do that, but I should have. I mean, it's, there's two types of people in the world, all right? There's the type of person who approaches a crosswalk, and the sign says, do not walk. And even though there's no cars coming, they wait for the sign to change, okay? And then there's people like me. I don't even go to the crosswalk. I just run through traffic when I'm ready to cross. You know what I'm saying? That's how you got to be in life. That's how you get what you want. Break the rules, man. You don't tell me what to do. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm staying in this Airbnb right now. This is why I'm all about this this rule thing got me cr- I'm staying in this Airbnb, and uh, this guy just had so many regulations, ordinances. Is that the word? Ordinances? Ordin- he- ordinances bro he was exactly this guy was the gestapo son i swear to god he first of all he told me no shoes allowed in the apartment and he said you can walk into the apartment wearing shoes take them off at the door carry them to your room and then put them inside you can so he's telling me i'm allowed to keep my shoes in my room but i have to carry them across the room and he said it's because some people have cultural issues with shoes in the house I don't think that's, first of all, is that a thing? I don't know anybody who has cultural issues with shoes in the house, but I don't think they were talking about my Yeezys when they meant, all right, these are not meant to come off my feet at any given time. So show a little respect. My Yeezys are cleaner than your floor, son. Don't, how about you don't put your floor on my Yeezys? That's all I want to say about that. What else? He told me I wasn't allowed to do all types of shit, but I'm just going to do it all. I'm not following any of the rules. And nothing is going to happen. That's a, nothing's going to happen. He's not going to know unless this guy has a nanny cam in there. And then he's going to be like, oh, you are wearing shoes. I don't know what accent that is. I don't know. what <laughs> He was like German or Russian or something, but it doesn't matter. Whatever. Fuck him. I mean, he's a good guy. Nice place. He seemed, actually seemed pretty nice. <laughs> oh, man. The Yeezys, though. I got these brand new Yeezys. First pair I've ever had. And man, it's, it is an awakening for the foot, I gotta tell you. The most comfortable shoe I've ever worn in my life. The inside of these fucking things feels like if air and memory foam came together and jizzed in a bucket and then they made your souls out of that. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't even understand it. it it's a future, futuristic shoe. Kanye, you did it again. Yeezy season, baby. Somebody asked me the other day if I'm going to get rid of my Yeezys now that Kanye tweeted all that stuff about the 13th Amendment. (laughs) Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here, man. People are seriously mad about this. 
I have friends of mine that are uh, lifelong Kanye friends who have, even the people that kind of were holding on through this whole MAGA debacle. And, I mean, I'm one of them. And I'm not turning my back on him, okay? I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I'm going to explain this in detail. But one of my good friends, uh, comedian Rob Hayes, he has a podcast, The Book of Yay. Shout out to Rob Hayes. And even Rob, man, he's been one of Kanye's biggest defenders. He, when Kanye said slavery was a choice, I brought this up to Rob, and Rob corrected me. He said, no, he said, basically a choice. Like, okay, all right, well, you're going to argue those semantics. You're a, you're a Yeezy fan, man. I respect that, and I'm on your side too. But even Rob is somberly posting this week. I'm, I just can't stay with this man anymore. I can't do it. And, man, it breaks my heart, honestly, to see people jumping shit. Because he hasn't... Okay, sure, he's wearing a hat that you don't like. He's supporting a president that you don't like. But a terrible... Of course, but that goes without saying, all right? It's not, it's not special for you to tell me that you don't like Donald Trump, okay? So that's a given, okay? But you got to look at the motivation behind somebody's actions. Gotta, nobody's looking at what he's really saying. You're looking at a hat and you're going no further, okay? Meanwhile, he's wearing a MAGA hat and a Kaepernick jersey at the same time. This guy is trying to bridge the gap between people. And he's very clearly explained this. He said, I'm trying to be like the first crypt to shake a blood's hand, right? And this might be ridiculous, but at least it is a positive notion okay uh and you know you might be mad he says uh abolish the 13th amendment that's not what he meant obviously the guy's not the most intelligent not the most well-read but it's all he's an artist <laughs> okay so he's not read period <laughs> forget about well but he he he's trying to enact some positive change, right? Maybe he said something's wrong about the 13th Amendment, but there's some positivity there because this week Donald Trump found out that we have 13 amendments. That's, to me, that's positive. That's a positive change, you know? And people think that Kanye must have lost his mind to be acting like this. The guy hasn't lost his mind just because he's saying things that you disagree with. That's not insanity, you're not so right that somebody's insane if they say something you disagree with. That's, that's insane, okay? I have an uncle who's insane, okay? It's a great uncle who used to live with us. He used to try to make cereal in the toaster. Okay, that's insane. Kanye's not insane. He just wears a red hat. Hats don't mean anything, okay? A hat doesn't mean anything. It's a head covering... <laughs> I have a hat that says champion on it, okay? I've never won anything. <laughs> I can wear that wherever I want. Nobody checks me on it. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a hat. I'm sure it's more than that, but it's also, the whole thing is a Trojan horse, if you ask me. It's like, you know, look, look at what's happening. He's going, Kanye's standing there with that fucking hat on, and he's going, Trump rules! And then all the Tim Allens of the world are going, that's what I call Trump supporters now, by the way. Tim <laughs> the Tim Allens of the world. Trump, he's going, Trump rules. All the Tim Allens are going, yeah. And then he's going, make America great again. And the Tim Allens are going, yeah. And then he's going, now let's look into prison reform. And the Tim Allens are going, huh? <laughs> what was that last part? Like, today, 
he's trying to set up a sit down between Colin Kaepernick and Donald Trump to talk this out. Look, that might not happen, but even the fact that it's a possibility, you're telling me that these aren't good things. You can't tell me that these aren't good things. And you also can't tell me that you're not going to dance to a Kanye song anymore. You liar. You hypocrite. You gold digger. You're lying to yourself. You're going to be out with your friends one night, and you know this happens. We've all been in this situation. The DJ doesn't play any good music. You're bored out of your mind. All of a sudden, it just hits. Nah, 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 nah. What are you going to do? You're going to just sit there with a sour puss on me. I don't like his hat. No. You're going to stand up and you're going to be like, I forgive you for wearing that mega hat. Whoa. That's what you're going to do. You love Kanye West. I'm sorry to break it to you. And if you're out there being like, you either don't like hip hop music, you have terrible taste. Or you're lying to yourself. So just let it go. Because Kanye West's music is like Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. Okay? You have to ignore the politics because the sandwich is that fucking good. You know what? There's just not enough good in the world nowadays is the problem. Everybody's got something to complain about. Everybody's got a side to take or something like that. In these political arguments... If you're taking any side, you're a lunatic, okay? The Clintons are fucking insane. The Republicans are insane. All these people are evil, warmongering, scumbag pieces of shit, okay? So the only way to honestly lead any type of a good life is to subvert your lifestyle and just go outside of these systems, in my opinion. Don't pay your taxes, Go fucking burn down a church and disappear. Fuck this life. All right. Next time you want to post a meme about Brett Kavanaugh, instead print it out, duct tape it to a brick and throw it through a Starbucks window. Okay. Because that's my world. All right. I came up with criminals and real ass fucking gangsters. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that. You know, you, your life is what you make it, okay? And your tweets aren't helping. So I just want to say good looks to all you out there who are still keeping it gully, going off the grid, and living that fucking punk rock lifestyle. For real. Do drugs on the floor, smoke some crack, and then go drive an Uber. That's what's up. Okay, so part of the show is I'm going to have guests on that are my friends who work in comedy or who have done other cool shit. Uh, Today, I have one of my good buddies here. You might know him from Project X or Kid Cannabis on Netflix. Uh, He's got a new movie coming out. What's it called? Oh, it's called The Final Wish. The Final Wish. This guy, you guys are going to, you guys know him. You love him. My buddy, Jonathan Daniel Brown. Yo. Thanks for having me on, Mookie. How you doing, man? I mean, you're the only person who would come on, so. Well, yeah. And you we're know, doing this in your house, so it's I in my had apartment. To, I had and to it's let you using my podcast equipment, but. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's not why I wanted to have. You. I wanted to have you on because I'm a huge fan of oh, your of your my acting. my illustrious career. Your acting, dude. You are a 
beast, bro. Nah. You're a beast. Nah. You're a very underrated, very underrated as an actor. I By saw underrated, you- do you mean poor? Because it's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, are, I mean, yeah. This place is dilapidated. No, I mean, <laughs> I live with, uh, you know, my girlfriend, so I don't, I'm not know completely there but you know it's, you're not destitute yet no she's still she's uh, keeping no but 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 you know what I, I don't i don't like i basically did you ever watch the, the like the second or third season of arrested development where carl weathers is just like trying to use uh you know being being in a being in a few movies in the 80s just like kind of take advantage of people and yeah. get whatever he wanted yeah like i feel like i could be that guy with like just random stoners yeah. like, Oh, Hey, you liked me. Come buy me a sandwich. Like, you know, there are bouncers that look up people's IMDBs and Facebooks at doors now. Uh, especially if you go to the sunset strip, which is just filled with those kind of, uh, uh, clubs, which are, uh, quite ratchet to put it mildly. Yeah. Uh, filled with, uh, rich people who want to just pay their way into getting laid, but like spend too much. I don't, I feel like bottle service is a just the prime reason why we need to just uh, legalize sex work once and for okay, all. Okay, okay, we're anyway, going down a dangerous yes. path. Anyway, I was talking about your acting. So. Oh yeah, how did we even get the goddamn? <laughs> no, so I saw you in Project X. Um, I don't know, was maybe two years before I met. How long after that came out did we meet? I think it was a year after. A year so after. I think so we met about cool. five years ago. So I went and saw that movie in the theaters with a bunch of my friends back in Long Island. Um, I had already moved out of there, but I was just there hanging out. And it was like it was like a hit, dude. It was yeah, it made a lot of money. I mean, I don't know how much money it made, but I mean, in the theater, it was one of those movies where we saw it opening weekend, and it was packed out, and everyone was like getting drunk and high before going, and then just the movie crushed. The only other movie that, like around that time period that I could compare it to uh, the theater experience is Super Bad. Honestly, I really think that it's up there, and it's it's a very underrated movie. It's probably. a it was a very audience participation heavy movie. I think it's one it of made those you feel like you're at the party, right? It was a movie that I think a lot of people really like to uh, just be at and see. I mean, it was really awesome being an audience and watch uh, watching crowds go nuts. It's rare to see that kind of interactivity. I also think though that's why it, it was pirated so heavily is that it was you know really like a teen movie that yeah. and, and and like so like it was today's a, a double-edged sword like the most closest, of them the closest thing they have is cock blockers well blockers was funny but i here's the thing with blockers blockers i think project x the response it got from critics was aggressively angry uh, in a way that I haven't seen from a teen sex comedy before. Like, basically, the movie was, like, risky business with a handy cam. It wasn't anything that particularly uh, new or, like, crazy, but the response it got was so vicious and aggressive and very, like, partisan for some reason. Like, lots of, like, articles about particular? male entitlement and, like, just the idea that, like, kids would, like, be happy to burn down their property and celebrate <laughs> nudity and drugs. Like, they would. I know, but, you know. Have it, you never been a kid before? Children, children are our future. Well, we, kids, no, kids are, kids are, kids, kids don't do drugs and party. Kids go to, uh, kids go to, to marches and rallies. Haven't you seen? That's oh, what the kids are up to. Dude, from the ages, like, 7 to 14, all I did was set things on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Including myself and some of my friends. Children are sociopaths. And uh, <laughs> I don't think I developed a conscience until I was 22. <laughs> exactly. That's why I related to that movie. I was like, 
I was I was probably like 22 when I saw it, but I was like, I still want to do this. Oh yeah, no, the sirens' call of uh, anarchy and chaos never really leaves any man, oh, yeah. right? I have this weird, just craving for the apocalypse. I can't explain it. Do you think? Like, I mean, well, why do you think? Not, the, but you're not alone, though. Why do you think the Walking Dead or is the like purge. The, you know, the purge, the Walking yeah. Dead? Uh, it, it, it's not like I wouldn't. If someone said right now, like, okay, we can start the end of the world, or you can keep living your life, I wouldn't trade my life now for the uh, for no, all the No, because we but, we'd both be dead in yeah. three days. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd, I'd die last, first. But, I think I'd last longer than that, and I'd fucking save you, bro. I would have aww. I would have your back. You like but from I just the wanna, skeletons, demons. There's something about coming into the apartment. I don't even. I don't ever even want to fight anyone. I'm not a violent guy, but there's something about fighting for your life that I think seems dope and just very satisfying. Of well, a it, it um, it's primal, right? Like yeah. there's something <laughs> in us that really wants to fight, that wants to to break shit, that wants to that yeah. feels entrapped and, you know, by only structures. Fred and Durst ever really put it into words properly. Well new new metal was was they they were the only we're gonna look back yeah, at I'm the actually, last fifty years of music and it's like new metal, they got it. Yeah. And like <laughs> and, and that's the the kind of amazing and also terrifying thing about the internet, right? Is that if you do something online, people forget this every five seconds, but like things just don't go away. Like dumb shit I've done online from ten years ago is still there. Oh like, yeah it is. <laughs> Speaking of your acting career. Oh shut the fuck up. <laughs> I've seen that video once. No, that's not what I was talking about. That's not what I was talking about, you dickhead. that's uh, okay. Everyone knows. It's like pouring water into the ocean. I'm going to deal with it. People are going to, my grandkids are going to bring it up. But I don't think it's really that bad of a it's thing not, to be involved annoying. in a pornographic video. It's just there, annoying. There's it's pictures been 10 of my years. dick out there on yeah. the internet. Well, most, Who doesn't most, have them out here's there? Here's the thing. Ten years ago, it wasn't as like, uh, you know, it was like a bigger deal. Like, we live in an era where people can submit their own content to Pornhub now. Like, you just click a button. You're like, oh, I'm going to fill my dick and put on Pornhub. It takes five seconds. And it's like... But it's all segmented because, like, so, like that. It's like it's like the red light districts of the internet. No, like you can you, be a creep you there. Sound, you sound but like anywhere else. Uh, you sound like old comics talking shit about Instagram kids right now. It's like back in my day, you had to film your porn on a real camera yeah, and there edit were companies. it. <laughs> there were there were companies that existed. There's you drive past the the Vivid Video building in Sherman Oaks used to be shiny, and now it's now nobody. It just there's no love. There there. What do they do? When I was growing up, it was sitcoms. The 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 pornos where people were were like imitating like uh, it was like there was Saved by the Bell triple. There was Cosby Show, Triple X, and if and there were lots of comedic but, uh, actors. Ironically, the real stuff going down on the set of the Cosby Show way Triple darker X, way than more, the Triple X porn. Well, now the Cosby Show, Triple X, was way more consensual and way more like the, uh, the, all in the all, scripted version. Yes. The but 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 now it's like the the budgets. Are, I mean, it, I guess it's sort of like boogie nights. It's it's all that progression. It's been on the seventies. They were in theaters. The eighties home video. The nineties big budget home and video. Then the, and then back the, to just like user the generated. La, the late aughts, Snapchat. The dicks. late aughts. They were filming you fucking strippers in the back of a van. It is what it is. It's my light. You know. It's like the thing is, is that it it doesn't it doesn't go away. It just just is. You know. But it's not. I just don't want it to define my fucking reality. It's the, the nature of Google and the nature of the internet like forces you to deal with shit way longer than like is my point with the internet. Like you just you just it, there's a permanence. Wait, how'd you end up telling Warner Brothers the story? I told Warner Brothers the story because what they wanted for the audition 
was for us to be our authentic selves and talk about the craziest thing we'd ever done. And like, yeah, making a porno definitely was the craziest thing I've ever done. It wasn't a crime or anything. So what but happened? It was you were on. You found a Craigslist ad. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah. So I found the ad, and I a few of my friends at the time basically bet me that I would never do it, and. I don't know. I like was like a fat, not like a virgin, but close. Like, and I, and I had no experience, and I thought it'd be really funny. I thought it'd be a great story, and uh, to tell like on stage or like. I mean, I was right. It got me a job. But then, uh, what happened was is that the world changed, and everyone mm. became much more socially conservative, and it became. Uh, Hollywood started like shaming okay, so me what, for it. What was and it? it was the, weird. Uh, tell me more about the actual. So you you saw oh, yeah, the ad, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. what? You emailed them back. Your, yeah, we emailed them back. They sent like this go- goofy pictures. goofy webcam headshot. Yeah, and then uh, and then I met with this dude uh, named uh, Dirty Joe at a Denny's in Reseda. <laughs> Dirty Joe. Dirty Joe in at Denny's in Reseda, and he basically took me through the whole thing, explained to me what I was gonna do. And, and what, I, and I what was did like, he say? He's like, yeah, you're just going to bang all these chicks, man. You're just going to like, and then we'll give you a couple hundred bucks and a T-shirt. It would be really great, a great t-shirt. story. You can tell all your friends, and it's really fun. And I was like, all right. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. But I they didn't, didn't ask you if, like, you know how to fuck or anything? No, They're no, like, no, no. Because that wasn't the point. The point of the video the was, that, was that to you, be, like, they, kind they, of a they, dork. They, well, they wanted, like, the amateur. Like, it, uh-huh. like the, 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 the whole... The, the big market in the late 2000s, there's this huge market for videos with, like, uh, professional am- porn stars with amateur dudes uh-huh. and, like, dorky young guys. Like, that was their <laughs> thing. So here's where it gets really crazy. The guy, and this is, the, I met a guy who was essentially doing another scene the day, and it was a guy named, who called himself, a, an Asian performer who called himself, I've never. And now once you met them at, uh, in Reseda, you met Dirty Joe, and then Dirty you, went, you went to shoot right away? No, no, no. Like, you had to draw blood for STDs and okay. things like that. Right. So it, how long after? So, give so me, just like a couple of days. They, they test. They're like, all right, no no, no herpes, no syphilis, no uh, STDs, like no and AIDS. And they, they give you a call time? Yeah, yeah that's it. And then, and, and then uh, I actually found out that the director who, who made all these videos like had to stop because he was like, I guess he was, he didn't, I guess this was unpermitted, which is like a, kind of a no-no, right? Uh, especially with the new condom laws where like everything is ultra permitted now in porno. But um, the the I met this guy, this this uh, male Asian performer, this dude Tom Dong, and he was like doing another scene the day Tom of the shoot. Dong. And Tom Dong and I come like, on, chatted. Tom Dong. No, 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 he's dead. That's his real he's name. He's dead. He got stabbed with a That's samurai not his real sword. Name, though, right? Tom Dong is. It's definitely not his real name. But he got stabbed with a samurai sword two Tom years Dong later. Tom Dong is dead. He was. There, you're next, bro. Someone is killing all the no, no, stars no. What happened from these was, videos. <laughs> no, what happened was is that he was. <laughs> he he was directed uh, by Slink. That would be very funny, Slink. So Slink so Johnson. Can we talk about that part of it? We can talk. He wasn't the director. He was the first. Uh, he was like the assistant. He was the camera assistant. So oh. have you if you've ever watched Black Jesus on Adult Swim? I love that show, by the way. Huge fan of that show, and Slink Johnson is hilarious. He's also he's in uh, he's also in GTA Five. Yeah, and uh, incredibly funny comedic performer. Uh, he was he was the uh, camera assistant on that porno shoot, <laughs> and he also played the voice of like the narrator. This this like he he narrated the video because he he had this like dildo with googly eyes that he'd talk through. That's crazy. Yeah. So you and, and Slim Johnson fake, got got your start together. That was that's technically our first. IMDb. If you ever run into him, I did. We talked you, about it. Like, hey. So I ran Harry, in, Harry Jewish big balls. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into Slink 
at, at a at a Meltdown Comics event for Black Dynamite. Uh, Meltdown is gone now. Now it's the Ruby. It's uh, an intersectional uh, comedy theater. Uh, okay. Yeah, and it, you know, intersection. I don't know I don't, what intersectional you know, comedy you know, is. But activism it and sound uh, funny. <laughs> it's not. It's active. I mean, did you? But wait, did you see that Whitney Cummings and Lee Daniels are making a hashtag Me Too comedy? No, but it's yeah. It sounds like a barrel of laughs. Sexual assault. Let's. Uh, uh, <laughs> but um. Anyway. Uh. So you were telling me about Tom Dong. Tom Dong, I guess, owned some studio space in the Valley near Chatsworth, and there was a performer named Steve Driver who was crashing on his couch. And I guess Tom Dong said, "Like you gotta go, Steve. You can't crash on this uh, porn set's couch anymore." And he grabbed a samurai sword on the wall and stabbed Tom Dong through it and killed him. So, like, what the fuck? I met Tom Dong that day. <laughs> That's the, the story that nobody knows about. Everyone was like, "Oh, Jonathan was in a porno in a foursome with three girls, and then he told that story in Warner Brothers and Todd Phillips." Well, yeah. The guy I met died. The and real then the story other guy, is the Tom Dong story. That's and, what Hollywood needs to be telling. Yeah. I want to watch the movie about Tom Dong. I actually would love to know what happened. Like, because the, the, the samurai sword is what's really... So here's what's even crazier. Steve Driver, the guy that killed Tom Dong, was chased down by the LAPD like to like the top of, I believe, like Topanga Canyon. And then he jumped off a cliff and died. Like, what? it just is the craziest story ever. And, so, uh, and, it's very, of, and it was the like the end that... of the porno valley because after that, a couple years later, the condoms laws passed and all the porno left L.A. and went to Florida. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. But and I Nevada. Gotta, I'm going to rein you back to the story. Okay, To the yes. story. So, so you're walking me through it. There. So uh, you got your SCD tests. Right. You show up to set that day. Yes. Tell me, what's what's it like for you? The, you just I was sitting in this apartment and then they're like, they're ready for you. And then they like... They, Throw me in this fucking van. They're like, all right, and that like that's it. I didn't know like. And then it just started. Yeah, I had zero kissing you or like. They just, do they yeah, say they, hello? I mean, yeah, like hi. I'm you know. She's like, like uh, I'm gonna blow you, and I'm gonna work your balls. No, that's how they talk. Yeah, it's very, but it's very <laughs> professional. It's very casual. Like these are. Uh, like, do you mind if I put a finger in your ass? No, yeah, please. It's what don't. they do. <laughs> it's what uh, they that's do. That's gonna be another twenty bucks. You're like negotiating, but still for <laughs> really low amounts. Well, that's the thing is they made they made a lot of money doing like this was when porn was making money. People don't make money in porn anymore. But I mean, unless you're like a you know a superstar, which is even like those don't even really exist. When you're on set, were they giving you direction? Not really, kind of. So I mean, you guys went at it, and they're just is it quiet? No, well, the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, besides like the fact that like there's like. The weird thing of how this how this uh, series worked is it, like it's all like you know there's like there, it was like cracking jokes. I was like constantly trying to be funny because like <laughs> y- you're performing. You're not really like none of it's real. Even oh, if okay. it's real, it's so like so you were not, like getting it. You were like Ron Jeremy in it up a little bit. Well, like, be, yeah, what's up, girl? You have to make jokes. Like uh, what kind of jokes did you give me God, an example of a joke? To, you I'm trying had to remember. Here. I'm trying to remember. Da, 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 da. <laughs> The grossest joke I made, I don't know if they ended up keeping it, but it was a joke that Josh Adam Myers, do you know Josh Adam Myers? I met him recently, he's jo- a cool, cool dude. I like him a lot, I haven't seen him in a few years, but he always brings it up whenever I run into him, uh, is is a, one of the porn stars said something like, your dick smells nice, and I think I said something like, well, I dip it in lavender. Like, what does that even what? mean? I don't even know, but I was just Hold like- Hold on, that's in the video? I think so, I haven't first, seen- First of all, why does Josh Adam Myers bring, how does he, why does he know this so well? He's quoting it? All, everybody brought it up. I mean, here's the fucked up thing. When I was doing comedy- when I was doing comedy, it was everybody like, was I, I watching. It. There were, like people would see you at the mic and they'd be well, like, "By the way, I gotta show up. you this so, video." So, so here's how it worked, right? I was like, 
if people are going to bring this up all the time, then I might as well capitalize off of it myself. Like, you know, like Kim yeah. Kardashian and Paris Hilton did. But when dudes do that, it's I mean, not... I would totally tell that whole story on stage. But when dudes do that, it's like seen as like for some reason because it's a maybe it's a culture thing, but I was treated like it was very creepy. And mm. like if a girl tells that story on stage, here's the thing, there's a fucked up double standard because like women will be called sluts yeah. for doing what I did. Well, I got to tell you, man, I don't think it's creepy at all. I think it's heroic. Oh, and yeah. Me? As I'm a fan of your acting, and that's in all your work, oh, including well that's, that one right there. I'm you got into character. The entire filmography. You used, you used your Stanislavski method. <laughs> you dipped your cock in lavender. So, so, this guy you know goes my favorite, all out, bro. Have you ever done a Meisner by any chance? I don't know what that Meisner is. Meisner is an acting exercise where you just drive uh, people insane, where it's just like you say something, and then you say the same thing, and then you keep saying the same thing back and forth over and over again until someone breaks and switches or does something a little it different. It sounds like and politics then, in this country. So it's like if you said, my hair is wet, uh, you would say, your hair is wet. Then I would say, my hair is wet. And we do this for like five fucking minutes. And then until someone would break and say, like, I don't like that or, like, this is annoying. And then uh-huh. I'll be like, this is annoying. It's this weird parroting exercise. I actually don't know the origins of it, but actors are, are trained heavily in it. Christoph Waltz makes Meisner a, a big thing. Yeah. But the reason I bring up, like, uh, you know, all this stuff is like, I think when you make like silly stuff, there's this idea that like you don't have to to do any kind of training. And like, that's not true. I mean, I didn't go to like any expensive like colleges. I didn't get <laughs> my degrees in, 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 in acting, but I took a shitload of classes. And as long as you're conscious of the fact that most acting classes are cults and like not get too sucked in, you can learn a lot of good shit. Yeah. Just be careful because, like, most acting classes are cults. And you never know who you might uh, meet uh, on your way up. So, you know, be nice to everyone you work with because your camera guy could end up being black Jesus. Well, that's true. Day. It's so true. Never forget You should actually, that. The, ni- the people you should be nicest to in, I would say, in the entire industry, in any industry, assistance, always. Because in 20 years, they'll like be like, ah, I remember that guy was a dick, and now I can destroy him. Yeah. What if God was one of us? Or what if Black Jesus was a cameraman on your porno? <laughs> it's the same message. Pretty much everybody that I know has done something fucked up in the past. And then if you haven't, then you know maybe you're one of the lucky ones. But... This I wanted to transition into talking about Kid Cannabis because oh, yeah. that character is a lot like what we're talking about, and that's a really interesting. Uh, it's a really interesting character because he had to do what he had to do, but it was all kind of motivated by helping his family and kind of doing the right thing in the long run. But uh, it's what do you think? Just tell, yeah. what was that experience like playing that character? And well, yeah, I want to yeah take a take a quick. St- uh, step back and, and answer your thing about you know everyone doing something fucked up and we live in a shame culture and because we live in a shame culture we used to live in a guilt culture but over the last 20 years we've transformed into a shame culture and so instead of like feeling bad and changing we now just like use our uh, social crimes as weapons it's more offensive than defensive and as uh but w- w- to, to about kid cannabis uh you know first of oh, all maybe let me let me um Introduce that a little better. Okay. Um, so your movie Kid Cannabis, uh, one of your first starring roles, is about a character who was running tons of weed. He's kind of a criminal, but he's motivated by 
buying his family a house and kind of trying to do the right thing in the long run. So what was it like playing a character like that? And how do you think that relates to kind of what we're talking about? Well, you know, playing Nate Norman in Kid Cannabis was sort of the first step into me actually becoming like kind of more politically uh, active and kind of a lefty because it really is like a bullshit story about uh, any of these crime movies that have their their rags to riches plots uh, tend to follow the the formula of the American dream as as a lie and and it's true like I, going into that character's head and playing somebody I, I've never I'm lucky enough in that my parents were able to have a house and where I was not poor growing up I wasn't rich but I wasn't poor. And I, I was lucky enough to, you know, have have all of these things that that this character Nate did not. And so to put myself into my head and to realize to to be a character and to feel like, you know, growing up I always felt like the world was kind of stacked against me because I was kind of a fuck up. So to actually play someone who actually did have the world stacked against them, who grew up in, uh, you know, uh, basically a trailer and a tiny house. Uh, who had to uh, work multiple jobs to take care of his sick mom, who had to basically be smart but be surrounded by dumber people who had more money and privilege and access to good things. Uh, It's maddening. It's enough to drive someone nuts. And so to take advantage of those loopholes uh, and to take advantage of that capitalistic need for a product uh, and, and, and sort of skirting through the, the, the bullshit regulations is basically the story of every rich asshole. They've always... And, and so, you know, as, as he gets richer and richer... It's also he begins to some to, people, that's the only way to make it out. It's the only way. It's the only... It, and it's not... It's not... It's not a judgment call because it is the only way. Uh, it's not like just because I'm... Uh, one of the things that annoys me about a lot of lefties is, is that... And I say this as a lefty... Is, is that there is not an understanding that this is not an opt-out system we live in. We don't get to opt out of any of this bullshit. We have to keep hustling for money forever because if we don't... Well, we- I, I, I disagree with that. I mean, that's kind of part of my whole point is that you can opt out and there are ways to just go uh, below the radar and kind of do your own there's a lot yeah, you can of do your own thing i mean like we're doing our own thing right yeah. like i do my you know you do your stand-up you tour uh you you book your own gigs i you know i i doing i'm, I'm doing you know patreon and podcasts and filmmaking and, and i take on these indie gigs because i don't really want to do the studio stuff right now but it's still you're still not opting out you're just finding a corner a niche mm-hmm. which is fine like it, it, in fact Everyone should be able to have their own niche, but I think that you can take what you need from society and go. You don't have to be an active part of a bullshit system. That's just kind of the way I right. Look no, at it. but you're because you're like a, you're basically an anarchist in that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, not really because you know I'm, I'm I enjoy all the comforts that society <laughs> provides me. But sure, I'm like fucking mooching off the system maybe if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem some people think that but i also think that your problems got nothing to do with me and you know what i'm saying i'm trying to i would like to just see it all crash and start over well sure i mean we because well it's it's about this shit burn i'm with you i mean here's the thing we have a really fucked up system we have inequality we have racism we've got all the shit that you know, economic nonsense. The rich are out of control. Like none of this is new. Uh, you know, I was reading uh, 
a, like a, an amicus brief because I'm a weirdo, and I was reading about like a like a court amicus brief uh, from uh, Senator Patrick Leahy in Vermont who was talking about uh, judges Brett Kavanaugh and Merrick Garland. And you know what? He wrote it in 2006. We've been arguing about the same exact thing for 12 fucking years, and nobody even knows it anymore. Wow. So it's like we've just been in this. We've been frozen in time, and because of that, our culture's gotten more boring, and things are just kind of the same as they were. Well, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just want to go back to yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I, a little bit. Yeah, I um, got totally off track. Yeah. I apologize. Um, so you were saying it's uh, as someone who grew up uh, with a different life than the character. Yes, it's hard to get into that mindset, right? So I want to talk a little bit about actual acting processes yes. like what is it that you do to get ready how do you get into that mindset like is it just a thought process is there some practice yeah. to it or what do you do i mean there's lots and lots of practice you can do but acting is essentially it, it's it's putting your it's being completely naked emotionally it's Ooh. creating yeah it's creating a very very sexy vulnerability uh no it, it's exposing yourself emotionally and allowing yourself the empathy to the point where you literally like trick yourself into thinking you're somebody else. I mean, that's and, and the way that various actors do it is really entirely up to them. I mean, there's a million different methods and there's a million different classes you can take. And I've taken them all. I've taken Meisner. I've taken Stanislavski classes. I've taken improv. I've taken I've done theater. I've done, you know, it, it, it's. It, it really is a personal journey, and how you get there is entirely up to you. Like, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, he's rich enough and successful enough that he can build himself a log cabin and uh, demand that everyone refer to him as Mr. Lincoln for seven months. Like, <laughs> if, he, if he can get away with it, so do you it. Don't, you don't do that. So I can't. What is your, I'm not what, rich enough what, to do so that what is shit. Your, what is your, let's say, you get the script for a kid cannabis, So right? you give me a script. You have a few weeks to get ready. What is it that you're actually doing? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read... Now, I mean, this is a real person that I played. So, yeah, and okay. I did a shitload of homework on who this guy Nate Norman actually was, and I spent weeks and weeks just reading as much as I can about Court Lane where it took place. You didn't uh, get to meet him? No, nah, he was in jail at the time. He's out now. I don't know what he thinks about the movie. Uh, I wonder. Yeah, That'd be dope. It'd be did. cool to find out. You know, it's been a few years since it came <laughs> if he out. He likes it. It's weird because it's like the movie never went away. You know, like it's still on Netflix, right? It might be. It's definitely on it Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, by the way, go watch Kid Cannabis. Oh yeah, somewhere starring Jonathan Daniel Brown. <laughs> it's uh, it's dope, man. It's a very, I'm glad, a very, you know, very underrated little indie. It made a lot of money. Uh, You're like a, a a lovable little Jewish Scarface. Oh, that's very <laughs> kind of you. We need we need more Jews in in the movie business. We don't have enough <laughs> oh, of them. Wow, I've certainly never heard that before. <laughs> there's just, there's a shortage. Yeah, the, you guys are mostly under five six. Oscars Oscars not Jewish. Oscar, that's my new hashtag. Uh, can you imagine if they did that? Oscars so Jewish. <laughs> That'd be horrible. Like oh my god. Uh, no, I, I like acting. I don't like the business of acting at all. But I like acting. I like writing. I like filmmaking. I love movies. I like watching yeah. them. I so lately you've become uh, more of a director. You directed a short that uh, was in a couple of Slam Dance, right? It, you, it, well, you, it opened up, yeah. So Horseshoe Theory opened up at Slam Dance, and I took it to like 30 festivals. So tell is, me really quick what Horseshoe Theory is about. So Horseshoe Theory is about a white supremacist named Babo and uh, a fledgling ISIS arms dealer by the name of Abdul who meet 
uh, for a, a bit of a, a swap and end up finding much more than they anticipated. It's a yeah, it's a gay terrorist rom com, <laughs> and so when you say they find more than they anticipated, yeah, you mean like each other's bungholes. Yeah, they're fucking. That's uh, it's about it's a love story, and so I got Jackson Rathbone who played. Uh, if you've ever seen the Twilight Saga, any of the, those not, seventeen movies, uh, he played uh, Jasper, who was like the, like the one of the members of the the Cullen Vampire Clan, and then uh, is this amazing actor. He's now now he lives in New York. Uh, his name's um, Amir Malaklu. He played Abdul, and, and he's very funny, man. Insanely like. talented. He's got these Pacino eyes mm-hmm. that where where he just has, has been this in anything intensity. Else? He's been in lots of random little things. Like, he had, like, a small part in Argo. He was in this movie called, uh, like, Secrets in Our Lives, I think it was called. He was in, with Chiwadi Ejiofor. He's done a bunch of, like, things here and there. Uh, but he's moving to... He just moved to New York with his girlfriend, Caroline. They're the best. Uh, getting straight guys to kiss stuff. is always funny. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But, like, that's probably going to be my... my were, they, were they really uh, uncomfortable about it? Nah, they were stoked. They had to have a couple drinks? Or? Neither of them, neither of them had, had done, like, a, a, a kiss stoked? with a guy before. Yeah, they were excited. <laughs> Actors are weird. They like to try new things. It's like, you see Christian Bale, like, gains 70 pounds, loses 100 pounds? Like, we, we're, we, like, we're weird <laughs> it's people. It's funny that, like, in, in a straight person's mind, a, like, being a guy and kissing a guy is the equivalent of... Like gaining seventy pounds. Yeah, but it is. It's like it's like something. It's, so uh, it's like it's like trying. Uh, how it's about, uh, doing something can't different. Do it. Uh. <laughs> well, what would you? What would be easier for you, Mookie? Like if you like a full blown like tongue bath. Like that's the thing. Like or losing seventy pounds. Well, losing, if I lost seventy pounds, I would die. But. Yeah, I mean you're like hundred and ten pounds. <laughs> uh, not quite, but hundred and forty. Uh, my cock. But. <laughs> No, but okay. So here's the deal. It wasn't meant to be like a like a gay joke, even though it's funny. Yeah, but it's more of a play on. Uh, well, it's just like violent people are violent fucking people. It's really and, you're, you're you're taunting racists and, and, it's, and homophobes. It's, it's taunting racists and homophobes. It's taunting, but it also is like trying to be a little bit. Uh, a bit of like a commentary and like, hey, like lots of dudes are like being left behind and fucking miserable. Like that's not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to basically, and it's not dive it's into not just male like loneliness and it's alienation. Not just these white Trump supporters like disenfranchised. No, it's, everybody it's everybody's everybody, lonely, dude. and 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 you, and it's it's men, it's women, and it's everyone in between. It's it's everyone in between men and women. Yeah. It's is not a. There's no everyone, and we're siloed thanks to the internet and to thinking that like our own anger is special. And like the more and more time you spend online, you're like. Man, like we should all be loving each other because we're so fucking mad. We all have this in common, but uh, that's not wow. where we're headed. So, well, maybe, maybe in certain sects we are. You know what I mean? Try to embrace some more positivity with the people directly in front of you. You know, show people you love them by shitting all over their shoes and tell them their haircut looks stupid. But you know what I'm saying? Hug your friends. Maybe that's a good place to wrap this up. On that note, Jonathan Daniel Brown, thank you so much, man. Uh, you're a good buddy and uh, an even better dude, so Aww. I appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for having me, Mookie, anytime you want. That's our show, guys. This has been the Good Looking Out Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Peace. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Out for bonus episodes and more. It's your boy, Mookie F. Baby. License and registration.
How about if I give you one of these instead? I'm wearing a vest. Oh, yeah? If I shoot, it's going in your front door.